Good afternoon, good morning, good salutations. Hello, wherever you're listening around in the world. This is the Right on Track podcast, episode 29. And my name is Tom Denham. I am going to pursue and peruse through the library of the Thomas Tangigen Encyclopedia. But never fear, I am not joined alone. With me, I have Tom Parry and Connor Jonas. And our special guest this week is. M. Um, um, um. Thank you very much for joining us. And, uh, Parry, what episode are we going to be reviewing today? Well, the episodes we're going to be reviewing are all from the Railway Series book, Stepney the Bluebell Engine, or rather their adaptations of it. We have Rusty to the Rescue, Thomas and Stepney, Train Stops Play, and Bold Out. Fantastic. I think we have a lot to say about this, and... Mm. I don't know. I, I have a lot of fond memories about this, and I think the feeling's mutual around the studio. Yeah. Um, but before we jump into the episodes, Em, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Eh? Thanks there, uh, Tom, Tom and Connor. Yeah, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm, I'm the smart one here. Yeah, you're the smart one with a different name. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah, you're the smart one because your parents <laughs> named you something other than Tom. We didn't get to choose. Yeah. We didn't ask to be born. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I got to a point in life where I went turned around and gone, nah, screw the original birth name, I'll go M. 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 So, M, tell us about yourself and where you found your love of Thomas. So, I... Funnily enough, I live with uh, one of the guests you've previously had on AP. Mm. Yes. Um, he and I have been friends for a few years now. Uh, thank God he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, he and I both work for the railways here in Victoria. We work for opposing companies. I work for the regional train operator V-Line. However, I'm not going to go into exactly what my job is because yep. it's a bit shh. But uh, I've always had an interest in trains since I was knee-high to the grasshopper, as you could say. And Thomas was the first thing for that. My parents would sit me down in front of the TV and it started with season four. So all the really good episodes in my opinion but uh don't think it's completely similar around the table and yeah it was it started with that so it's a good solid start season four yeah oh yeah, yeah definitely some beautiful you know, visuals you some, beautiful stories yeah beautiful stories visuals and the characters it, like the character building i find like especially a, like as you're starting to get season four season five it was more character building than previously but you're not seeing any of it dissipate from the previous seasons. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. Um, but, like, you started with season four. Is it your favourite season? I have to admit, yes, it is my favourite. Yeah. Partially because I started with it, but especially because of some of the stories in there. It is such a good story. For sure. Oh, story, season stories. Yes, that it too. It is a good <laughs> array of stories, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Okay. And how about like like what what what's like your sort of favorite part of Thomas? Is it the stories, characters, visuals, music? It, it's a bit of everything, to be honest. Like I can take each of those components and go into why I like them, but the way that they're all brought together is just a solid piece of work in my uh, humble opinion the, there. The, the unification of the all unification, the elements. The unification, yeah. 
It's brilliant, brilliant. It's quite nice. Oh, <laughs> I do yes. like it. Are there any uh, solid memories that stick out for you, I guess, just with your history with Thomas? So, like, really, it's mainly the characters and my fascination for the eventual real-life versions. So, for the narrow-gauge engines, uh, you've got Peter Sam, Sir Handel, Scarlowy, Reneus, and going into the Telethlin stuff, uh, that was really eye-opening, you know, being, like, going and doing the research... And then finding out they're part, they're twinned railways with uh, one of our very own here in Victoria. Yes, the Puffing Billy Railway. Indeed, Mm. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Parry. Thank you. You're welcome. Shout out to Puffing Billy. (laughs) Yeah, love you guys. Uh, But I got to say, like, whereas you guys might do, like, I know some of you guys do volunteer work on the smaller stuff. I, uh, I tend to work for steam rail which is uh, Ah, one of the mainline heritage groups in Victoria. And I help around the workshop when I go down there. You know, we might be one day repainting the cab of a steam loco. The next day we might be pulling one out to wash it and prep it for a trip and other bits in between, you know, pulling things apart, putting them back together in hopefully the right order. (laughs) <laughs> I, I I love the hopefully part. That tells me that there's been an experience where it hasn't been put in the wrong, right order. It's and more that's so... when you end up with Lexi. <laughs> it's more so we've put most of it back together and gone, uh, where did we put that piece? Uh... <laughs> you, 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 you see, the wheel is very important. You know, try not to misplace the wheels. Mm, but when we're going into diesel engines and the internals inside the hoods, it's uh, a lot more than just the engine and the wheels. There's yeah. a lot more components that uh, not everyone delves into, but... It's the... not just a matter of pressing a button and then heading on your way, as a certain <sighs> character says. Uh, unfortunately mm. not, no. Mm. Sometimes mm. they mm. do have their problems mm. and... This sounds like foreshadowing. I was about to say the same thing. Forethought. (laughs) (laughs) What a good fan film that is. Well, I I, I say we get right into these Stepney stories, Mm -hmm. starting with the very first. Parry? Do you not know it? I I know it's It's drawn a mental blank. Uh, Okay, so the first story we are going to cover today is called Rusty to the Rescue. The Rescue. I knew that. Okay. Did you really? Yes. Let's just roll that clip. (laughs) Later, Rusty saw Douglas and Percy. Rusty had an idea. Can you help me find another engine? Where? Where you found Oliver? You mean on the other railway? Yes. I'm looking for a Bluebell engine, said Rusty, and explained everything. I'd like to help, but these days it's only diesels that go there. Then Rusty decided, so that's where I'll go. Take care, warned Douglas. Rusty told the driver all about the plan. And that night he came back to the shed. The manager says he'll make a home for a Bluebell engine if you find one. Right, said Rusty. We'll find one tomorrow. And tomorrow they did find one. 
Well, 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 was it really tomorrow, or was it like the next day? Well, the the next day is tomorrow. Well, yeah, yes, the day after Overmorrow, as it's known as. So, rescue to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so let's go back to that. Now, I said at the top of this episode that it was based on a story from Stepney to Bluebell Engine, it which really is, isn't. It's not. But I'm getting to that. Okay. It's book number 18 in Reverend Audrey's Railway series, first published in 1963, and it was done with, or rather the book was written with the assistance of the Bluebell Railway Preservation Society, and Stepney is an actual engine who runs on that very railway line. In fact, he Mm. operates to this very day. Yeah, so much like uh, the Flying Scotsman or City of Truro, Mm -hmm. Uh, Stepney, also uh, number 55, or is a Terrier engine, mm. and he's been operating for well over 100 years now, basically. Mm. Um, and he's sort of the predecessor to Thomas's E2 class. They're, they're, they're both very much uh, tank engines and... yeah. They'll share the same amount of wheels. I'm sorry to cut you oh, off. No, no, they'll share good. the same amount of wheels, and uh, they'll both be tank engines. But uh, the designs are vastly different. Yeah. yeah. And just on the whole, uh, Stepney being a real engine, there, he has been out of uh, traffic for quite a while now. He's awaiting new cylinders and work on the frames and boiler. So. Okay. Unfortunately, until the Bluebell Railway can get enough money in real life, um, Stepney's sitting in the shed at Sheffield something or other. Yeah, he's like 155 or something, yeah, so I believe. Very old engine. But 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 mm. he, his like brother, quote-unquote, is still operational, I believe. Fenchurch. Uh, Fenchurch, yeah, I believe from memory. I haven't... Yes. Stepney was really the only one I... Took any notes on prior to coming <laughs> no, no, in. No. Like, 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 I mean, um, if any of you guys want to know more about Stepney, I would uh, really recommend a video by someone called Terrier55 Stepney on YouTube, um, and they've done a massive video all about Stepney, uh, hmm. which we'll link in our socials later. Um, but yes, um, as you were saying about this being quote-unquote based on a railway series book? Yes. So the first story of that very same book is called Bluebells of England, and it has Percy and Douglas talking to each other about the Bluebell Railway and engines being sent to scrap, etc., etc. That makes it into the television adaptation, but only this one tiny Easter egg, and that's in that clip there, Rusty, the little orange diesel from the Scarlowy Railway, is talking to Douglas, and right beside him is Percy, who never says a word. No. He's just there. And Douglas is referring to, or rather Rusty is referring to the time that Douglas saved Oliver from scrap on what we know as the other railway. Correct. Mm. And um, with Douglas and Percy being next to each other, um, it's referencing the book Bluebells of England... The story. The story, Blue of Bells of England, where Percy is basically talking to Douglas about the bluebells are coming. Hmm. Oh, bluebells are coming. Oh, oh, oh. And Douglas then turns around and says, bluebells can't come anywhere. They're a flower. Mm. Because being from Scotland, the bluebells of Scotland being the flower and the bluebells of England being the trains from the railway. Yes. And the entire railway series is basically, well, the railway series story is just... 
Douglas and Percy chatting until Stepney goes by, but this is a very different intro. It's it a is. very different introduction indeed. A very different story. It is an original script written by David Mitten and Britt Allcroft, and it is it sees Rusty rescue Stepney from a scrapyard on the far side of the island of Sodor, essentially mm. on the very western part of Britain. It's it's essentially uh, Escape mm. 2.0. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. And I think you'll notice a pattern within Thomas. The episodes that do really successfully often have a follow-up sequel of some kind. We say that with Fish later on in this series. It's mm. a kind of sort of sequel to The Flying Kipper. Mm. But mm. I think... Escape is one of those episodes that did so well that they obviously wanted to kind of kind of do it again, but with a little bit of difference. And I think the main difference being that Rusty is a diesel and not all diesels are bad. So Yes, and Rusty is also an gauge. Yeah, and Rusty hasn't had an episode solely directed to himself either. So this is a, a, a bit of an introductory, you could almost say, to Rusty? because Well, he... we have been introduced to him in the past True. properly. He's been given exposition Home and backstory. Home at last in trucks. I, I yes. guess what you could say is this is a continuation of his story more than anything because, mm. yeah. you know, he's decided, right, I'm going to show that I can be of help like Douglas was and I'll... I'll, he's determined I will find mm. another engine for you. Yeah. So, synopsis of the story? Synopsis of the story is... I think we've pretty much covered it, have we? So, Rusty, he works alongside a railway, which is apparently very light on work. Yeah, loads. and it's, it's, just, it's called the Bluebell Railway. It's called the Bluebell well. Railway, and for some reason that's set on the island of Sodor and not yeah. mainland England, but, yeah, but we can gloss over that. It's a small little line, yep. yeah. So essentially they need another engine to come and help manage the railway line, and Rusty talks to Douglas, he's inspired to head over to the other railway along his own narrow gauge railway, which for some reason extends all the way over to Great Britain. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's supposed to be canonically a part of the Vickerstown Goods Yard. Mm. That, that's correct, yeah. yeah. It, it is meant to be part of the Vickerstown Goods Yard, but <clears throat> somehow Rusty's got this connection via the narrow gauge, the Scarlowy Railway being on one side of the island. You've then got the Bluebell Railway, which is next door, mm. and then... You've got the connection to Vickerstown. It's all quite confusing. And we also we also see Em at the start of the episode. Thomas is actually running that branch line. Yeah, exactly. So so, and we'll get more into that in a moment with the other stories. But I just just the the correlation is not there. This episode makes me really angry. Yeah, that was something that always confused me when I was younger because I understood that you know standard gauge which is where Thomas and Stepney and all the other main cast work, um, is the standard. And Rusty being on a narrow gauge is really more uncommon. So the idea of there being this line that ran all the way from wherever this other way, railway? Railway. 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 <laughs> this other railway was. I worked on the other railway a few years ago. Where it's rabbit season. <laughs> Duck season. Be very, very quiet. We're hunting wengeons. Anyways, so... <clears throat> 
I think I've had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. We'll yeah. hug. We'll hug it out later. I smell toast. <laughs> no, but 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 um, the idea that this it's described in the story that it took all day for Rusty to head from the Scarlowy Railway all the way to wherever this place is. Is it possible that? There is a narrow gauge connection from like Vickerstown to like the mainland, but in between that, he maybe had to like go via standing gauge on a flatbed. It's yeah. possible, but unlikely. No, no. For, for the sake of the story, let's go no. And he's just <laughs> yes. managed to make his way across the entire island, across the um, isle to the mainland, and into the. Uh, Scrapyard on the other railway. Let's just say for uh, <laughs> continuity's sake. It's probably feasible that there is a narrow gauge line connected that's just never used because there's no reason to use it. Yeah, like, I mean, we never see any of this quote-unquote narrow gauge line that Rusty takes really ever again. No. Maybe it's pulled up? Theoretically, you might later on, and I'm talking seasons ahead, but I won't. Go ahead and okay. say anything more. Yeah. Okay. Where were we? Oh, summary of the plot. Yes. So after Rusty finds this scrapyard at the other end of his line, he comes across a little tank engine and Rusty asks, do you like bluebells? And the engine goes, yes, bluebells are beautiful. And then from there, they essentially light his fire, get him moving, and then they make their way back to the Bluebell Railway. Before this, though, we have mm. a ominous sequence where Rusty enters the goods yard for the first time and we see a big looming line of diesels and there's this tons of of scrap engines mm, around there's this unison voice that says who are you one of the most iconic scenes in series four one of my personal favorites so I, I do quite like that conversation <laughs> that uh, ensues and you know you see rusty building up this uh courage wild story and this courage mm. to go along with it and mm. you know I'm a sightings and inspection diesel which is true yeah in yeah, fairness he he's not lying yeah he's but, sort of maintenance mm. but you know he's He's not from this other railway. He's from the Isle, island of Sodor. They never so. asked where he came from. Yeah. They just asked, who are you? And Rusty said, honestly, I'm Rusty and I'm a shed and siding inspections diesel. And I'm looking for a steam engine. Have oh. you have you got one? Oh. Yeah. One. We have one in the siding. no one joined in with you there. You, you need no. more pizzazz with it. Yes, I but know. you've got I, a bassy tone. Yes, have you I got any well. in the sheds? None. Yes. We, we have none. <laughs> Well, uh, what about the sightings? One. one. <laughs> we have one. Parry, don't leave. All right, I'll He's go back. inspect them. I was going to walk out the studios, but I changed my mind. Okay. He loves the broadcast too much. I know. Anywho. That and we've locked the doors. We... But... What? Huh? You can never get out? What? <laughs> Help me. I'm stuck in a microphone. <laughs> anyways, anyways, we're getting way off track. Then Rusty rescues Step Me, and then there's beautiful chorus of music they they cross a viaduct together uh, with a massive moon behind them which looks like it's about to hit them and then they make it all the way back home to the Blue Bell and Scarlowy Railway 
where they're welcomed by a chorus of cheers and whistles from other engines, Do- including, once again, Percy's there. And, and Douglas, I believe. Douglas, Percy, Thomas. Did um, they radio ahead? I mean, why is everybody there? <laughs> they, they must have known that Rusty was coming back with something. They were all working there at the time. Right. Either that or they were sighted on their way back. Can I just quickly bring up an interesting point in this episode? Please do. (laughs) (laughs) Rusty's uh, Rusty's driver uh, turns around and essentially becomes Stepney's fireman for the trip home. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong, but uh, didn't... Can't engines not move by themselves? Like, we've seen in uh, Thomas Comes to Breakfast that uh, someone's knocked a control and he just starts moving because of that. It's an ongoing debate. It's it's continuous. It's an endless philosophical question we have here on Right on Track. Where does the human element end and the steam train, you know, autonomy begin? Yeah. But but uh, a few other interesting facts. So we get a whole ton of diesels uh, in the Vickerstown Railway, uh, other railway, wherever it is. Barrow? Uh, it could be Barrow. Uh, apparently it's the Vickerstown scrapyards from oh, what yeah. I've read up somewhere. Anyways, but uh, it has got their diesel, Boko, Daisy, Mavis, and... Someone called Class 40? No idea who they are. No, no but, idea. But the thing is, is that you've got all these diesels here. It's also diesel's only appearance in Season 4. It is too. Yeah. yeah. All the way up until the sixth series episode, World's Strongest Engine. True, true. Um, And, it, like, they're all facing away, but it's really ominous having all these diesels here. And It's I, also really obvious who they are. Oh, yes. Mm. Yes, all the liveries. You can tell who it is. But then... We're you, not stupid. You have got all... And neither are children. Yes. No. I it always exactly knew it was right. them. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, at the same time, went, oh, they're supposed to be other diesels. <laughs> but there's also some uh, interesting scrap engines there. So as Rusty oils up to Stepney, there are tons of derelict and destroyed... Uh, steam locomotives laying around, such as Thomas, Gordon, Donald, and Douglas. Hang on, on. Donald and Douglas, or Donald and or Douglas? Donald and or Douglas. (laughs) Okay. Um, Toad and the goods engine from Tugs. Puffer? No, not Puffer, the goods engine. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Could be Puffer. Hope it's Puffer. Um, Absolutely. Like... Got no affiliation with affiliation with Tugs. <laughs> just yeah, so putting that out now. Yeah, <laughs> virtual high five. Yeah, <laughs> but um, that was impressive. Yeah, it was. Obstinate to the table. <laughs> um, and you also have the pilot model of Gordon right next to Stepney. That was used in the unaired pilot episode of Thomas, which <clears> is <throat> a wonderful little uh, thing. Um, and. Then they escape. But uh, I've got uh, two questions for the three of you. Mm -hmm. Go on. Mm -hmm. One, do you think that this episode is a better introduction to Stepney Mm. compared to the Railway Series story? No. No. No? Definitely not. I I will agree there. I, I was, like, when I read the Railway Series books more so as a teenager... 
and then you know also watching <coughs> this episode again mm. i thought <clears throat> i thought it would be more interesting to have the railway series story as the story to introduce stepney in the tv series you know what i would have done I would have had a fat controller goes on holiday type scenario like in Toby and the Stout Gentleman, how the fat controller visited the Bluebell Railway and then he invited Stepney over to his railway. I don't know how you'd be able to work conflict into that, but I'm sure you could find a way somehow. Mm, well, you, you could. I, I don't know if I would have done it that way. I would have probably still followed the whole conversation, but then mm. suddenly, you know, the fat controller may have overheard this conversation. Ah about the Bluebells of England versus the Bluebells of Scotland. Mm. And then that way, we could have had the Fat Controller then go to the Bluebell Railway, invite Stepney, and have him come back. Mm. I know that the story actually mentions that they're coming. Yes, I was about to to pick you up on that, but no, you beat me to it. Well done. Denim? I have a theory. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. These theories are dangerous, people. They are. The quote-unquote Bluebell Railway on Sodor is named after the Bluebell Railway in England. And yeah. once Stepney works on the quote-unquote Sodrian Bluebell Railway, he is then passed onto the latter Bluebell Railway. I, I like that theory. I like that theory. However, oh, okay. <laughs> however... <laughs> I have to bring you back to earth a bit there, uh, Mr. Denham. <laughs> um, the the synopsis for the Railway Series story, at least, this is all based in 1962, two years after Stepney's arrived at the Bluebell Railway in England. Okay. So, unfortunately, I don't mean to, but I totally mean to, to shoot your theory in the foot there. Okay. 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 Now, now, you see... I absolutely love this episode. What? I prefer I it over the Railway Series story. Yeah, me but, too. Uh, no, I'm just walking out the but, door now. Hold but on. but there, 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 there is a but here. I do dislike how we don't get mentioned to the real Bluebell Railway because in the Railway Series story, they, of course, talk about, you know, Adams and little Baxter and all the actual other real-life engines, and you get some brilliant visuals of that. Some more actual interesting engines. Sorry, mm. no offence. But, <laughs> but you, there's also a very interesting part in the, the Railway Series story where they're talking about scrap and engines being put to scrap on the other railway. And you get, I, I believe it's in this one, that you get one of the most gruesome and terrifying images which has got these engines in a scrapyard and... They're looking all sad. They're rusty. You can see a guy with a welder about to take it to an engine. Yeah, he's got his hand to his chin as he's going, hmm, which one shall I scrap today? Mm, decisions, decisions. <laughs> and it's such... Curling his moustache. Or, or he could actually be having a bit more of a serious thought on which which area do I start that's going to make this job the easiest and the least painful for oh, the engine? Yes. And... That is such a terrifying thought because throughout it we've had mentions of scrap, we've had Oliver's escape from scrap and his associated story, but we've never actually seen that subsequent threat yet. Mm, mm, and mm. it's this is the first time and really the only time unless you count uh, 
Stepney gets lost in season five. So once again, Stepney. Mm. Um, that we get that associate threat on this engine, they're not trying to escape. This engine is about to be scrapped. And they're in the scrapyard, they're ready. And it's only by pure chance that Rusty has come along and saved him. And that's why I like this episode. Because it has got more character development for my favourite little orange diesel. It's got... It builds upon that gruesomeness and the darker side of Thomas that we really don't see much uh, in the show. And it's also got some brilliant visuals and music to it. Mm. Can we rate this episode PG uh, PG-13, please? Just so, you know, the kids don't have to suffer without the parental guardians. It does get quite dark, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. Anyway. But headcanon with it. As Rusty arrives at the scrapyard and speaks with the omnipotent being uh, and rolls up to Stepney, Stepney's driver is there already in the scrapyard. Keeping him company. Yeah. Do you reckon he's kind of like a quote-unquote Burnett Stone? It, it could be a Burnett Stone that's Ooh. helping it. <laughs> this Ooh, is did Denim's... you really have to go there, Denim? <laughs> this is Denim's ongoing mission to make Thomas and the Magic Mail Railroad <laughs> canon with him. Thomas and the Magic Mail Road? Railroad. Where can I watch that one? <laughs> Thomas, Percy and the Mail Road. But <clears throat> let's consider this, okay? You guys, you all have been operating a steam locomotive for years. And then one day it's being put for scrap, much like the real Stepney was. And you know that the in a few days' time, maybe, you know, tomorrow, mm. it's going to meet the cutter's torch. So why don't you go to it to comfort it? Mm. Here's, like here's something interesting. Going back to where I've come from and stuff. When I lived in Tasmania for about 18 months. Lovely place. Lovely place. Don't actually live there. No <laughs> offence to the Tasmanians <laughs> that might be listening. I personally, yeah. Mm. Uh, I actually, through my school, did an internship with Tasrail uh, in the workshop. So, mm. unfortunately, I have been in the place of that person with the cutter's torch. I've held drills and spanners. I've helped take apart a diesel locomotive that was never going to re-enter service. I can honestly say that it's painful even from someone who has the interest. It's painful to see. I would personally do the same thing as Stepney's driver. I would be there until the very bitter end. I identify that, actually, because I'm also, like... Petrol had a huge car buff, yep. and every time I go past the scrapyard and see like those Commodores and Falcons and Mitsubishi Magnus on top of each other, I just I can't handle it. And, yeah. and, and and that's where this episode gets so dark, and that's one reason why I enjoy it so much because it's gone somewhere that the show has never gone to before, and really will never go to again. Yeah. And it really stands out there. And, of course, mimics the real-life escape from scrap that Stepney had, where he was in a scrapyard and then he was saved by a preservation society last minute. Mm. I would make it that the fat controller or the, or the manager, whoever's in control of the Scarlowy Railway at this point, says to Rusty, there is a spot that needs to be temporarily filled at the Tallinn Railway. Can you go over there and represent the Scarlowy Railway? And he's like, yes. So you see Rusty go to the mainland, 
work on the Tallinn Railway, and then in his journey, he sees that the Bluebell Railway is vacant and goes, I wonder if there's an engine that's going to go there, and on his way back, meets Stepney. Ooh. M. You 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 look geographically. I'm <laughs> you again. Unfortunately, geographically, the Northwestern Railway, the uh, railway of the Isle of Island of Sodor, is in the northwest of the UK. Right. It's yes. Off of, technically, it would be off of Wales more than anything. Mm. Yes. The Bluebell Railway is located in Sussex in England. Where's yes. the closest The Telethlin Railway is located in Wales. <laughs> I don't see them doing a long round trip to get round there. Yeah, you've drawn a really long bow there, Denim. No, I'm no, sorry. no, 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 no. Oh, come on. It has happened before, though. <sighs> Sir Handel went to the Tallinn Railway in the Railway Series. Yeah, in the Railway Series he did, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought but you it, two loved the Railway yes, Series hey, story hey, much hey, more M than me. Em is making the point, though, that Sussex is nowhere near Wales, so how could Rusty possibly... Hop this on that is, flatbed. Yes. This, is, this is honestly where I was going with that. Mm. Not that I don't love the Railway Series, because honestly, I really like that <laughs> story where Sir Handel goes to the Telethlin and ends up with an eye patch. Spoilers. Um, Arr. Arr. Anyway, it, it was more so the geographical reference that Sussex, England is nowhere near uh, Abergenolwyn in Wales. It's nowhere, it's nowhere near Wales, period. It's nowhere near Wales, period. Yeah, it's true. in the south of England. <laughs> so, anyway. That's fair. Where were we? In the narration, it says at the very end, the engine's name is Stepney, but everyone calls him the Bluebell Engine. And it's supposed to be the point where we're introduced to what he's called and all that. But as they're getting Stepney prepared for the, the escape, shall we say, yep. he is mentioned by name twice by the narrator. As if we've already been introduced to him. So it's like... Theoretically, you are introduced to him in the scrapyard. Yes, but not by name. And then they just drop his name twice without having properly been introduced to it by name. I guess they're just assuming that people would use their eyes to look at the uh, side of Stephanie's Children are smart, but not all of them can read at that level. No, no, no. This is true. That is a good point. And and the thing is, that end point of narration really seems to bring home the idea that Rusty has brought home a stray... And it's like, oh, what's your name, Mr. Cat? Mm. And it's like, oh, meow. And 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 then and everyone calls you the Bluebell Cat. <laughs> da, 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 da. Like like that's meow, meow. That, that that that's sort of what they aimed for when they said that. But you're right that they mention him by name. And also, Stemmy's theme is really awesome. Oh, I, I, love I am going to give you that, Denim. What are you that's giving right. it? Nine out of ten. I'm giving it two. Out of ten. Whoa. I really, really, really despise this episode. I don't like yeah. the way it's written. I don't like the way Stepney's introduced. I don't like the way how Rusty's railway line runs all the way over to the mainland. I do like that scene with the moon and the two of them crossing the bridge, and I do like Stepney's theme, but nothing else. And what's you see, your score? I, I have to agree with you there, but yes! I, I'm not yes! generous enough to even give it a two. Oh. We're going oh. 1.5 oh, over God. here. Our first one. One on the podcast. Uh, technically 1.5. Oh, yes. My first 1.5 on the podcast. I think you've broken Connor. M, you are my mate for life. Well, uh, social media's there. Yeah, so it is. 
10. Oh! No. Just, just because I've given it that 1.5 and you want to give it that other point back, yeah? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, the, the other point and a half back, okay? Oh, okay. I, I see how it is. I, I was 8.5, you went 1.5, I'm evening it out to 10. Okay? I, I, <gasps> I... <sighs> I think this is the most controversy we've had on the podcast ever. This but is I kind the of largest <laughs> range we've had in voting. Like, I absolutely adore the sad side. And, like, I mean... I, I M- relate M- to the sad side, uh, li- so... Li- li- listen, okay, okay. <laughs> I want you to think back to cutting apart that diesel locomotive in Tasmania... And then I want you to sympathise with the poor driver in Stepney as Stepney is about to reach the same cutter's torch by your very hands. It's and just... I'd like to refer to you the fact that I said I would be the same as Stepney's driver and I would accompany that locomotive till the bitter end, and I'm still giving this episode a one point. It's just a poor imitation of Escape. That's all it is. I'm sorry, people. But no, I'm not sorry. In fact, no, because that's what it is. It, it, it is a cake made from the same ingredients, but it is very different in its shape and form. But but it's still a cake. Yes. Should we move on to the next episode? Yes. Sounds good. What's the next episode, Connor? Thomas and Stepney. What happens in Thomas and Stepney? Stepney goes away from the Bluebell Railway, and then he decides to join the Narrow Gauge Railway on the Northwestern Railway, and then there's more controversy. Better watch out, M. Let's Hang roll on. the clip. Hang the on, narrow gauge. Not yes. the narrow gauge. It's Ste- All the other engines were talking about Stepney. He runs a famous branch line. Did you know that? Said Percy. Thomas was feeling a little jealous. Huh, it may be famous, but my branch is first on the line. Everyone knows that, too. And he huffed away to fetch his coaches. Look, squeaked Percy. Why have they all come? There is no train yet. But Percy was wrong. The signal dropped and from far away an engine whistled. Here he comes, yelled Douglas. Stepney puffed proudly through the junction. All the engines were pleased to see him. I hope you'll meet Thomas too, said Edward. You both have branch lines to be proud of. Then Stepney set off to help duck shunt coaches in the yards, and they work happily together all afternoon. And that is why you were wrong, Em. Have you seen the error of your ways now? <laughs> we are all entitled to opinions here on Right on Track. Even if they're wrong. So, Thomas and Stepney, <laughs> it is an absolutely wonderful little episode of Series 4. Series 4, that it is. It is based on the story Stepney's special from Stepney to Bluebell. We get a little bit of originality at the beginning of the episode from Brett Allcroft and David Mitten because they've written a little spiel about uh, Thomas and Percy and Percy says that, well, you know, Thomas, there's actually another tank engine with a very famous branch line and Thomas is getting a little jealous and then Percy says, oh, yeah, he's very far away but the Fat Controller says he might visit soon, which brings up another continuity Mm. error because the Bluebell Railway is supposed to be on the island of Sodor where Rusty is, where Rusty works alongside Stepney but now somehow Stepney works a long way away and has to travel to the island of Sodor to visit all the engines. 
He doesn't necessarily say that he has to visit the island of Soda, or it might just be it's very far away on the other side of the island and one, no one's like really made reference. To be fair, Croven's Gate is one of the last stops before Vickerstown, because you've got Croven's Gate, Kelsthorpe Road, and then I believe you have like Callendale and all that stuff. Balahu, that's what it is. Mm. And then you finally reach Vickerstown. Is it possible that it's Percy's concept of far away? Like, it's, that's a possibility, actually, because yeah. this is the same tank engine that doesn't know there's a beyond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and this is the same engine who travelled all the way to Bluebell Railway to welcome Stepney as well. True. So, and like, let's think, Percy is a very small engine. Mm. So, you know, what may take Gordon, uh, you know, a few seconds... Going at top speed may probably take Percy a few minutes at top speed. Hmm. So it is quite far away to Percy's small little reels, I'd say. Yes. But Mm. uh, essentially in this story, Stepney arrives at the Northwestern Railway, uh, mostly alongside Knapford and Tidmouth region. Mm -hmm. And as we... What we saw, as you heard in the clip there, he was introduced to all the engines. He proudly puffed through. Here he comes! He proudly puffed through Knapford Station, which looks gorgeous, by the way, as always. And then Mm. Edward turns to him and says, I hope you get to meet Thomas. Mm. And Thomas has magically disappeared. Yes. Because... Well, well, he hasn't magically disappeared. He He puffed away away to get his coaches. Still, it was way too short, I feel. Timing. It's all about timing. Um, And and then, later on in the episode, uh, Thomas is needing to take his train home late one night. When all of a sudden he's put in a siding and Stemmy has come chuffing along with a very important train mm. uh, in the middle of the night. And then the next day when Thomas is furious. He's and, still fuming. And, he's got and, his angry face And on. he's moaning mm. and he's, he's, he's annoyed. One of my favourite illustrations in the Railway series is with... Stepney and he's got his head blown swaying whistle blowing and you see Thomas in the background just with this what kind of face but, what? Yeah. Mm. what? Now the other interesting thing about that uh, image that you're referencing there uh, Mr Denham is that it's the first time in the uh, railway series that you'll see a form of real life safe working the uh, token exchange at the signal box that's very yeah, true so, so I, I encourage you guys to go have a look online at the uh, Railway Series illustrations of Thomas and Stepney. Uh, but it, it's the token system. It's um, the token system, yes. Uh, w- would, would you like to briefly explain how that works? Well, we've got a very similar concept. It's not the same. We've got a similar concept here in use both on the main line and on the Puffing Billy Railway called a staff and ticket system. Essentially... You're not allowed on this single stretch of line between two stations. There's only one track in between. You're not allowed on there without either this long metal rod called a staff Mm. or being given a ticket, which is a square piece of paper that's got you are authorised to travel from this station to this station while at the same time being shown the staff. Essentially... It's to prevent more than one train on a single line section at any one point, which is uh, interesting that over in the UK they use tokens a lot more, which are more like a horse disc. No, they're more of a disc, like a dinner plate. 
Ah. That's made of steel. Because I'm, I'm well aware that there used to be a bit of an automated part of the system in the UK where you would have a token horseshoe loop thing on the locomotive. And then when the loco went by a certain area, that loop would get caught on something, then taken off the train, and that means that it travelled from point A to point B. And Now, funny you mentioned the automation there. We had the same thing in Victoria. It's We had automatic staff exchanges, which were the metal rod staffs being put in a, ca- in a little uh, leather pouch on a cane hoop, one would be hanging from the locomotive on this piece that would get collected by an automated staff exchanger on the ground. That same exchanger would also have another one sitting in a cane loop in a leather pouch that then gets collected by the locomotive. Is this still in use? Unfortunately, the automated part is not, but a couple of places here in Victoria on the main line still use the staff and ticket system. That is very interesting. I've used staff and ticket system many times before Mm. as a signalman and as a guard. But, but, but yes, back to the episode, not the railway series and the real-life workings. Um, this episode has got some of the best little uh, views and images and scenery throughout it. Uh, for example, at the very start of the episode, Thomas is puffling, puffing along this wonderful sort of... I, I would almost say cliffside, but it's... Mm. Not really. He, he's going along a single uh, track branch uh, that's got a massive cliff alongside it. And this is actually the second time we've ever seen it. Is it? Yes. When did we see it the first time? We saw it previous episode in Steamroller with George and Sir Handel. Oh. Now, are you getting Thomas and Rusty confused here for a second? No, 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 no. Okay, because this is now confusing me completely because I haven't recently watched uh, Steamroller, but before coming in, I made sure to refresh myself on the Stepney episode. I I, I do know exactly what you're talking about, that strip of track where George and Sahan all kind of run parallel to each other. Yeah, with their quote-unquote race, Mm. um, and and then the accident occurs, etc., etc. It's from an opposite angle, isn't it? Opposite angle yeah. end. So um, they redress the step. And they've also, you know, put standard gauge there instead of narrow gauge and road. Mm. It looks very nice with the yeah. flowers, especially. Um, and also, uh, the event of uh, Step Mini taking a VIP, VIP train um, is based on an event in the Railway Gazette from 1905 when a special train was ordered and all the others were halted. There you go. But, yes, what else do we have to say about this episode? I've got a question. I don't like your but. (laughs) Like the tone of your... Oh, oh, oh. I'd been working out, so I felt offended, but... I wasn't paying any attention there. That's... Anyway, Uh, your question. Um, In the explanation for why Thomas was halted, and in the episode, we have got Stepney Express head code going along brilliant soundscape as well, Mm. uh, with these two express-like coaches in the middle of the night. Now, in the explanation, it said that a very important visitor came along just after Thomas left and ordered a very special train. A singular person ordered a train. 
Did a single person auto train for more than one other person? Maybe, but if that's the case, how come this was such a surprise? Because typically, if there is a large group of people needing to catch a service late at night, they would sort of bring it up. Can I propose a counter question there? Ben? Sure. Con- you're, you're, you're questioning as to why this would happen. What if it was someone that had the power that knew Sir Topham Hatt very well? Is this the same railway inspector that James worked it might, with? That's it might I'm be. It might be a railway inspector. It might be a very high uh, rail official, albeit from the mainland, that we don't know of. What, what if it's someone that's very high up and can do this at the drop of a hat, oh. even if it's for just one person? Like, I mean, I understand how it can happen at a drop of a hat. Like, the, the, the NWR is a very, very generous operating railway, but, like, I, I don't understand how you would have two carriages for one person organised at a drop of a hat. I understand if it's, like, the royal family, okay and you would give them, you know, their own carriage, but that is, you know, planned months in advance, essentially. This is, oh, hang on, guys, I need to catch this train. And, and, and then they, they have a massive uh, fuss made over this one person. That's my question. Mm. I, I find it nice that Duck's turned around, because in the story oh, yes. it is mentioned that... Uh, Duck lets Stepney take the train. I think it's a wonderful gesture, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. And actually, the relationship between Stepney and Duck is one of my favourite things about the entire arc that we've got here. And you especially see that start to build up in this episode. Yes, as soon as Stepney arrives, uh, he starts to shunt coaches with Duck. And then later on, we see them have a bit of a last hurrah together. Side by side, they look awesome. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's a brilliant little thing because Stepney's very small tank engine and mm. Duck is quite a large, you know, square well, tank engine. Th- that's the thing. Like, you look at the real versions of these and Stepney's class was designed in the 1880s, 1890s, whereas Duck's... Uh, 57 in the 50s from the well no no he's a oh. 57 class from the GWR and they that range of tank engine had a few different design changes in the 1900s 1910s even 1920s so you see that size difference for the power and for the general basis of work that they did i mean the Pannier tanks like Duck were known for doing uh, banking duties a lot mm. and all this other really heavy work. The terriers that Stepney's based off were mainly, like, at the time, they were introduced for fast express passenger service of 50 mile an hour unbroken. Yeah. Um, so the the size like it's beautiful how you've got that size difference for two characters that get along just well you know mm. it, 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 it's brilliant um is that all that we've got for this episode i think it is yeah sorry we're recording this late at night listeners and i'm just <laughs> i'm just not with it uh who wants to go first at the scoring nine okay nine uh m I, I'm going to be a lot more generous with this one because oh, really? because it 
it is like the proper like it's not just it's not mainly a narrow gauge engine introducing Stepney. It's you actually get to see some operation of Stepney, and I, for that reason, have to give it an eight and a half. Nice one. Mm. Uh, I, I just think it's an all right episode, Thomas and Stepney. I'm going to give it a seven. That's fair. It does everything that it's supposed to. Yeah. It, it's pleasant enough. We get Stepney's theme, and we also get a better look at the visuals outside of the Scarlowy region. Yep. So, yeah, seven. Nice. It, it sounds like I'm unenthused, but no, it is a solid episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. solid episode. A solid seven. It's definitely a classic from my childhood. I remember having the Thomas and Stepney VHS. I think that was my first Thomas VHS ever. Really? Yeah. Huh. Mine uh, was uh, Narrow Gauge Engines um, with the... I think it was uh, with A Bad Day for Sir Handel and episodes like that. Oh, yes, yes, mm. yes, yes. Another one. Anyways, now is the time for a musical interlude where we are going to be playing a very special song. Dan? So this week, Em has uh, kindly chosen our uh, interlude for us. This is uh, Tank Engine Thomas again by the Tugster Intensifiers. Wait, t- like, uh, Tank Engine Thomas again? Like, are we playing this a second time or is it called... It's called it's, Tank it's, Engine Thomas again. Just okay. like the third book in the Railway series. Ah. Mm. It's got some very nice kind of season two vibes to it, so... Check it out and stick around for some more episode reviews. To the Rylan Track podcast, that was 
Tank Engine Thomas again by the Tugstein Tensifiers. What a really gig that was. Yeah, he mm. was wonderful. I loved the synths in it. It was very nice. Very season one and two it was. Yes, yes. definitely. Yeah, um, the Tugstein Tensifiers, among many other uh, SoundCloud and YouTube artists, does some wonderful work that you should all check out. But in the meantime, yes. we've come to our third episode in review. We're continuing the adventures of Stepney. Um, this episode, I feel like it, what happens in this story pretty much goes on immediately after Thomas and Stepney. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it is none other than Train Stops Play. Ahead was a cricket field. The game had just begun. Stepney and his driver had to wait at a signal. Good, said his driver. We can watch the game. Then there was trouble. The batsman hit the ball. It flew high into the sky towards Stepney's train. Clunk, went the signal. Thump, went the ball into a truck. But neither driver nor fireman heard it. Stop, yelled the players. But Stepney didn't hear them. Come along, come along, he puffed to the trucks. Oh, one and only ball, cried the players. Wake up, Caroline, they said to their old car. The chase is on. Caroline coughed crossly and rolled down the road. That was a very interesting uh, sound we heard at the end of that clip there, uh, Mr Denham. What was that? That was the sound of a ball hitting a truck. I was more so referring to another character we get introduced to in this episode. Caroline! (laughs) Now, Caroline the car is one of very few female characters on the island of Sodor. Unfortunately. She's she's one of the very... Of this time. Yes, she is one of the very few female characters that Reverend Audrey himself created and wrote about. Even more so... A female non-rail character. True. That is not a human either. Hmm. And Caroline, for those who are interested, she is based on an actual car. That car is an Austin Maxi. Okay, and right. Okay, petrol head. Y- y- yes, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm getting... I'm getting. Let him have his moment. Yes, will, please let me have my moment. This, I love this episode so much. <laughs> so, Caroline is an Austin Maxi, and what's peculiar about the Maxi is that uh, it's very much the SUV or the people mover of its day. So it's a very large car, and it's designed to carry a lot of people which was rare at the time. Usually cars would only see like four or five people at most, legally. But no, with the Maxi, they could seat lots and lots of people. And then four crammed into Caroline. It's very interesting how that's... uh, They've scaled Caroline down for this, haven't they? It's very interesting indeed. Now, the reason why I love Train Stops Play so much is, first of all, it's my dad's favourite episode. So we share a mutual love of it. Is your dad a fan of the cricket by any chance? He is. He's a cricket tragic, (laughs) and that is is. something which he has passed down to me as well. So you've got a car chase, you've got cricket, it's got everything I love, this episode. That that, that is, yeah, we get a lot of very different and one-off things in this episode. Mm, Because... uh, this is the first time we ever sort of see Caroline up until Series 5. Mm-hmm. Um, this yeah, is... she's a recurring character. They brought her back yeah. because of how popular she was. Um, this is the only time we ever have a speaking role with the Hackenbeck Cricket Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get a bit of continuity with a certain 
Bass, another mm. kind of people mover. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bulgy, who is seen right next to the cricket club. Yeah, nice so the, nod. the club yeah. is taking place next to Bulgy's Bridge, no less. Yes, and, and yes. Bulgy's there. Do you reckon the cricket club has like since established after the events of Bulgy? No, it would have to have been there for a while, I reckon. And it's also interesting because in the original story from Stepney mm. Bluebell Engine, Stepney's actually going along Thomas's branch line and the cricket match is taking place at Ellsbridge? Yeah, like next El- to the river. Ellsbridge yeah. cricket ground. Yeah. Ellsbridge, yep. Mm. And, and, and meanwhile, this here seems to be a part of uh, the Ducks line, Tidmouth line, but mm-hmm. then at the end of the episode, it's still part of Thomas's line. Mm. So They took a detour to watch the cricket. True, true. Mm. And there is actually a connection from Duck's branch line to Thomas's branch line through the mainline loop, mm. which uh, is also where we saw Percy and Thomas in uh, having their discussion. That's, that's sort of the connection between them. There you go. i got to mm. say, my favourite thing is looking at this from someone who works in like in real life for a railway company and realise that Stepney's looking at the back of a signal, not the front of it. <laughs> mm. oh, really? Yeah, you'll actually see, see um, in the clip uh, when, when, where he stopped and you hear the signal go clunk, you see the white of the back of the signal yeah, with the do. black stripe instead of it being the front. It's uh, supposed to go up, isn't it? No, that's a lower quadrant signal. That's oh, okay. a banking got... signal. Right, yes, I know, but that's what I'm... Uh. Never mind. Yeah, there's, again, two types of uh, semaphores. You've got a lower quadrant and an upper quadrant, okay. depending on which region and what went with what, depends on which way your signal goes. Okay. But Interesting. I, I personally like nitpicking some of these things <laughs> now, but when I was young, this was one of my favourites, partially because of Caroline. You know, you mm, see this interesting car chase and it's not Thomas and Bertie for once yes yeah. it's not a road and rail vehicle that we've met more than once it's mm. a character who's been introduced two episodes ago mm. and one that's only just introduced to us yes and they have this bit of unintentional race where Caroline is chasing after uh Stepney and you get all the wonderful views of the road. The visuals are just Some panning shots. Mm. And it's, it, it's very uh, reminiscent of Bertie's chase. Mm. And the scenery as well, like the cricket club particularly, that looks gorgeous. All that green and the trees, mm. and then you've got the little club rooms, the sky in the background, It all, and then you've got the players' position on the field. It's mm. just brilliant. It's beautiful. Um, and and um, this is, of course, where Aussies, uh, cricket is... Apparently, a big thing here. It's a, I, it's a religion, pretty much. Yeah, I, I'm personally not a big sport buff, so I don't watch much. I, I'm not surprised, honestly, <laughs> to hear that. I partake, but 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 the thing is, is that the times that I have watched the cricket, like I'm fairly sure that they're in the right positions there. They are. They are absolutely. Like, they've been it, positioned like it was an actual cricket game. It is really accurate. So they've obviously done a bit of research. And well, they're in England, so they're more familiar with the game than most. Well, more so the show writers have done a bit of oh, true. research. Uh, true. Anyway, so... <laughs> you say that as so, if they're unfamiliar with the game of cricket, Connor. So, <laughs> interestingly enough, if you don't mind me uh, continuing here... Not at uh, all. Go so, ahead. they end up 
reaching, uh, I can't remember what station it is. If someone at this uh, desk remembers, that'd be great. It's on Thomas's branch line. It, it is. is. I, um, I, I know it's uh, so they, seen in it, bullseyes. It's not Farquhar. We know it's that not. much. It's before Farquhar. Before Farquhar. But and it's not Ellsbridge. Is it Hackenbeck? Yeah, no, maybe Hackenbeck. Could, it well might be. be. Anyway, so you watch, you watch as uh, Stepney's pulled up with the trucks and you know he's finished his run and then you see Caroline arrive all worn out mm. and breaks down right next to the train. Mm. Mm. So the cricketers get their ball out of the truck but then they're stuck with the dilemma of how are we getting Caroline back to our game? How are we going to continue our game? Mm. Only to find that they've arranged for like only to uh, work together with the crew of Stepney to get a flat truck for Caroline mm. and take her back where she then uh, respects trains a bit more. Yeah. yeah, and, and, and it's a bit of a running theme with Caroline how at the start she's a bit like oh, railways hate chasing after them mm. and grumble grumble and oh you know I'm, I'm, I'm going to break down, going to break down. Caroline seems to very much character wise takes a bit of a um, like like an old, whiny, like, aunt that just needs constant pampering. She's like yeah. a Karen. Yes. She and is a Karen. She I, wants I, to speak to your manager. Okay, so <laughs> I only found out about this term just recently. I didn't know this was a meme, but apparently Karen is a term, which, which Karen's obviously a female name, but it's a term people have applied to uh, women, particularly middle-aged women, who are quite arrogant, belligerent, narcissistic. They want everything their own way. And always want to talk to your manager. And always yeah. want to do exactly that. Yes. So Education. Back back to the episode. So it yes. ends It ends with uh, Stepney arriving with this flatbed and the brake van behind with Caroline sitting there. And they sit and they watch the cricket as mm. the uh, team have returned and continue play. Yeah, I think I, I think that's quite beautiful. It's it a is. lovely shot, I and, the same thing. and I did actually use that shot as one of our banners for the Facebook page, and it didn't get a lot of appreciation. I'm hoping it gets more. It now. would be okay. nice. Okay, it, it's sorry. Maybe I, I should recreate this on my layout. Maybe you should. Maybe. Yes, I don't have the bridge though, but I can recreate this consist. Maybe mm. I should try and recreate this for a drawing for you guys, if oh, you would. That'd be lovely. Ma- yes. m- maybe I could. Just rewatch the episode because I I can't do I mean, anything. That's nice too. <laughs> maybe I should play a game of cricket. Anyway, maybe you should. <laughs> but but um, one of my favorite or interesting things about this episode is uh, let let's go to Bulgy. So yep. Bulgy's character design, of course, he has got you know the grey face, whatever. In mm. railway series, his eyes were actually on the headlamps, whilst mm. much here with. Caroline, unlike Bolju, where they changed the face design, they have still got the eyes on the headlamps. Yeah, the eyes on the headlamps and the mouth on the radiator. Does that mean when it's night time and I know. eyes turn Th- on? Yeah. That's a little bit creepy. It's mm. magical. <laughs> I, I remember, not that I wish to bring it up, but... Cars 2, a movie which came yep. out almost 10 years ago, a lot of people thought it was strange how that the eyes belonged on the windscreen, and there was a little gag in Cars 2 where Mate of the tow truck comes across this car in the back streets of Tokyo, and the 
eyeballs are in their headlamps and he gets really creeped out by it. Oh, yes. And, and in fairness, it does look quite creepy. It, it looks terrifying. But with mm. Caroline, it works well. It does. Um, now, it the does, yeah. uh, events of this episode is based on a real incident that took place in Stroud, uh, Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. You're absolutely butchering the pronunciation of names here on this podcast, Connor. Stutters. Merely stutters. <laughs> merely Connor, stutters. Connor, I hate to say it, but I don't think you should be in charge of the pronunciation <laughs> of locations. We'll just get AP in every time we need to pronounce something. Okay. This <laughs> took place Only when you need in... him to pronounce the full version of Lunfire. Oh, yes. Yeah. Which... Uh, occurred in May 1960 in Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire. And we don't want angry emails from Gloucestershireans, okay? I, but that means that we have got Gloucestershireans. Or Gloucestershireans. I, I don't oh. know. Okay, if you actually want to email us and tell us what the noun is for someone who comes <laughs> from Gloucestershire, please do let us know. Tweet to us, Instagram to us, Facebook to us, whatever you want. We'll cover the socials at the end. Yeah. If but, we get to the end. <laughs> but we we'll get there eventually. Mm. I don't know what eventually means, but it sounds like a very long time. <laughs> Is that from Thomas and No, Mary, no, <laughs> no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Rankings, rankings. Um, Eight. Ten. Yeah, I love the comedy in this episode, ten. It, it's got to be a nine for me, only because the one story we haven't covered yet just wins my heart that Ooh. little bit more. And speaking of that next episode, it's actually, funnily enough, a cricket reference as the title. (laughs) It is. It is bowled out. The diesel surveyed the shed. Not bad, I've seen worse. At least you're all clean, he sneered. The engines glared. It's not your fault, but your controller should scrap you and get engines like me. A fill of oil, a touch on the starter, and I'm off. No bother, no waiting. They have to fuss around you for hours before you're ready. The engines were furious. Next morning, they held an indignation meeting round a turntable. Disgraceful, mumbled Gordon. Disgusting, said James. Despicable, spluttered Henry. To say such things to us, cried Donald and Douglas. It's to teach him a lesson we'd be wanting. Now, how do we do it? I love these indignation meetings that hark back to, you know, elements from uh, Trouble in the Shed to uh, Duck duck Takes takes Charge, charge, thank you, and then the deputation as well. The (laughs) deputation? The desperation. The divination? That Uh, that one, yeah. The desperation. I've got to say, with most of these episodes like that we've reviewed tonight, uh, they're all introducing a new character. They are. Uh, So this one spotted. So this one actually introduces uh, a diesel that's called Class 40 that we've seen in a previous reference Mm. in Rusty to the Rescue. Yes, Mm. the episode that I totally know the name of. Uh, so, uh, Class 40, or D261, he goes by multiple names. He's known simply as the Diesel in most merchandise. Pretty much. So, he's not... Funny he story. Okay. Yes. I uh, was talking to someone who was selling a bunch of Hornby Thomas trains, and I said to him, um, I'd be interested in buying Diesel, and you know what he sent me? The Diesel. The Diesel. Ah, yeah. that's it very It was a happy accident. 
I oh. would be very happy with that accident yes. too. Like, so it, British locomotives, by any stance, I got to say, the Class Forty that mm. the diesel is modelled off is one of my favourites. It um, is a very classy locomotive. It, it is looks great, brilliant, nice and long. With a is it a Bobo or a Coco? Ah, it's a it's Coco. A, no, no, it's a Coco because it, uh, the uh, model, uh, the model is a Coco. A Class Forty is a, is a one Coco one. one. Uh, it has a leading and trailing wheel on the bogey. Okay. See, so yeah. the model Hornby used is not based on the actual Class Forty that you see. In the show. Uh-huh. No, it's more so a class 40 with class 37 wheels. Uh, okay. Anyway. J- just for those that are so confused about what we're saying, wheelbase-wise, much like how Boko is a Kobo wheelbase. So that's where he has six wheels at the front of his cab and four wheels at the back of his cab. Yes. yes. So with the class 40, the diesel, this one has one set of unpowered wheels leading so two wheels yep. unpowered leading six powered mm. on one end mm. on the other end it's exactly the same but so mirrored wh- so but why mirrored. do they why do they have those wheels up the front then i'm not exactly sure we'd have to ask the designers of the class 40 uh, back in the good old 1950s and 60s of british rail yeah mm. it, it, it the way I believe, it's just there to add a little bit of extra guidance for the rails. Because consider if you've got a, um, you know, powered wheels, if they become derailed or misguided, then those powered wheels are constantly pushing it along that way. Meanwhile, the trailing or guiding wheels are there to sort of keep it more on track. But I bring up the wheelbase of Class 40 uh, being a... Uh, six six in the TV series, um, instead of the one six six one or one co yep. co one, because uh, it's been hypothesised 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 that this was done in preparation of other episodes and Diesel characters, most notably Diesel D one nine nine, also known as. Mm-hmm. Or spam can no that no no spam no, no, can spam was D one nine nine D one o one D seven one D seven one o one is bear. You're getting close. I'm getting there. And I hate to burst your bubble, but one nine nine is based off of our friend the diesel. So theoretically, he is another class forty. True. Anyway, Only we in seem to colours. Have... We yes. seem to have trailed and derailed ourselves from the topic at hand. So it's time to get back on track again. For the episode. Synopsis, Denim. So basically what happens, the fat controller informs the engines that a diesel is coming to need their assistance, but they all don't think this is a good idea. The diesel in question is then asked to pull an express train, but when he's having his inspection, he swallows up a Bowl of hash in his... Swallows? Swallows. <laughs> he uh, inhales a bowler hat through his air intake, I think, would be a bit more fitting description. Yes, yes. And uh, instead of him pulling the train, Duck and Stepney then take it to Craven's Gate, where Gordon meets him at the station. Now, the interesting thing about this story is you hear, uh, you hear the Fat Controller say... Or Sir Topham Hatt say something about not worrying about being late. 
and Stepney turns around and says something along the lines of, don't you worry, and we'll be early too. Mm. And you see that they end up making it out to, I think it's in the railway series, it's Cronk Station. Uh, they make it there, and Gordon's waiting there, and he turns and says, oh, you're early. Mm. <laughs> one in the that's one he- against the old diesel. One in the headlamp for old diesel, I that, think is the exact quote. That's the phrase there. Yeah. Yeah, Which, once again, we're seeing, uh, much like in the episode Mavis, mm-hmm. uh, where Mavis said the same thing in regards to Toby. Yes, so, so I, I, I like this sort of continuity of sayings. Mm. And if we refer back to the TV episode in question, we actually see Stepney and Duck arrive at what appears to be Croban's Gate, like yes, the is. other side. Yes. And we see James go past them. And as Stepney and Duck greet Gordon, they refer to James and say that, you know, James says that Diesel's, you know, sulking in the shed. Mm. Which is bizarre, because how would James know that if he's at the and, train station there? Even if James did I mean, tell them, how would James tell them unless he got there before Maybe them? they did the same things in Rusty to the Rescue and call ahead. Oh. Ring, ring, hello. I was having this discussion with my brother the other day because we watched this episode together and he goes, how does James know this? My theory was that someone else passed by and said, oh, did you hear about the diesel? And then said it's James. Oh, like Chinese whispers. Yeah. 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 And then James passed it on to them. Oh, maybe they have a thing called radar love. I don't know. Just... Yeah. Or telephones. Maybe by they're the way, really it... good at the game Chinese whispers. Uh, <laughs> if anyone actually picked up my reference, please let me know. He's desperate for friends. Yeah, I am. It's so, true. Um, Stepney and Duck arrive, brilliant timing, at Croven's Gate, the only time that we'll really see the interior of it. Or at least the main line interior. The main line interior. It's beautiful. It looks great. I love it. And then at the end of it all, they need to say goodbye to Stepney. Which in in itself, like, it it is kind of sad, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's the thing, like, with these real-life heritage railways, they have galas where all these other engines come in and visit. And then at the end, you've got to say goodbye as each return to their respective locations of uh, residence. Mm. It's interesting looking at this shot of where, I guess you could call it, the works is situated next to mm. um, the Scarlowy Railway Same sheds. place where Reneus returned. Yes. Um, what do you reckon is this shed that suspiciously looks like Tidmouth. What do you reckon that is? Oh, the shed the, in the background. We, I suspect this is Croven's Gate again because we can see in the foreground of the shot at the end of the episode when the trains are saying goodbye to Stepney that we've got Sir Handel and Scarlowy on the narrow gauge line looking over at the mainline engine saying goodbye to Stepney. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my theory. It's the works at Croven's Gate. Mm. There you go. Yeah. So... So that is official. That's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I would. I would tend to agree with you. And, okay, and, and it's typically been referenced that Croven's Gate has got the works, and then later on in the uh, TV series they get the steam works, which is just nearby Croven's Gate. Yes, Ooh, fancy. Yeah. So the at the very end uh, of this episode, after all the engines have said goodbye, you watch Diesel the Diesel slink off, and he's left mm. two things behind. He's left what appears to be, in reality, a 44-gallon drum of <laughs> diesel fuel 
and a tattered bowler hat. Mm. A rather nasty smell, I think. A, a rather nasty smell. That's the direct but quote. But you do see mm. the drum of oil with the tattered bowler hat. With, with the branding, best quality diesel oil. And, and, and yes. as, as the diesel slinks away, he slinks away mm. on sort of the roundabout part near Tidmouth Shed, yeah, sort of where the, the milk loading bay is. That's that's one is. of the locations we saw in the very first season. Yes, yeah. and it, it is very reminiscent, the yes. shot of it uh, moving away, and we don't get to see the front, only mm. the back. Uh, it was mimicked with Dark, mimicked with Thomas, James, all going by that area, but we can't see their face. My friend made an edit of this uh, with quotes added at the bottom, made two still pictures, and uh, reversed some quotes around, and um, said, uh, Class 40 wisely disappeared, then had a shot from Percy and the Signal, and said, but what about Percy? He slipped away while no one was looking. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, real life event. Uh, this is based off an incident in the Railway Gazette from the 1960s, early 1960s, where a diesel inhaled uh, some bowler hat from the gas air you, you, you make You make it sound like he's doing illicit substances, Connor. <laughs> well, like, pretty, like, not really. Okay, but. So, I mean, for a train, a hat is an illicit substance. Yeah, they wouldn't well, normally is, be uh, inhaling... Hats, but anyway, so, yeah, and this is the first of a few times that a hat is inhaled. True. Yeah, so, yeah, the I think the <laughs> official thing in the show is that it was the air intake. So yes. mm. all the air, which is supposed to be being fed through to his radiator or intercooler, the cooled diesel engine that runs diesel, yeah, that's been clogged up and that's what's forced him to stop working. Yeah. Because, because he stutters and... Yeah. So yeah. if you, yeah, if you don't have air heading into the engine, it you know it doesn't create that air fuel mixture which allows the cylinders to fire and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and the can't just say the scene where Duck and Stepney are racing along the line. Oh, mm. I love when they're climbing Gordon's Hill. Yeah, yes. that's a great shot. Watching that. Watching Stepney and Duck pull their train along. It's with red faces. With the lush greenery in the background. And and, and one thing I'd like to say is a lot of the shots in this episode seem very reminiscent of season one and two. They do. Because you you have the shot of them going through Owlsbridge and then them climbing the hill and then them going down the other side. And a lot of them seem to be... um, copies of what we saw in season one and two. Yeah, they look to be shot-for-shot recreations of, yeah, exactly that. Hmm. Coincidentally, do you think that this is because this is the 50th anniversary year? That's a possibility. Maybe. Maybe. But when it was originally released, we should point out, because this episode went to air in 1995, which is exactly 50 years after the first book in the Railway series. But uh, there is some sad news, because... When we're saying goodbye to Stepney, uh, we mentioned how we saw some narrow-gauge characters to the side. Sir Handel. This would be the last time we see Sir Handel until season... Ten. Ten. So that follow was sl- that flower. Yes. Too long. Too, too long. Too long. Mm. It's very, very long indeed. Mm. It's the longest time. But rankings, guys. Oh, I, th- I think given all the that we've discussed here and that there are some 
little mistakes every now and then, uh, I would be leaning towards an 8 out of 10 for this episode. Yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. There's uh, a kind of nice tying of the bow with the whole Stepney saga. Um, as we said, very reminiscent of uh, previous seasons and lots of really wonderful character interactions. Class 40, the only episode he's in. It's wonderful. I'm going to give it a 9. 9? I'm going to give it a... Mm, I'll, 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 I'll give it an 8. Okay, now M. Now, if, if you do recall, at the end of uh, Train Stops Play, I did say I was reserving the best for last, as you usually do on mm. this show. Because well, we techni- try. Well, it's funny how the episodes appear. Best is always safe for last mm. when you guys do their do the reviews and mm. stuff. Now, I'm overlooking the, the little discrepancies, I mm. guess you could say. I'm... I love the story. I love the visuals. I just... Seeing Stepney and Duck out on that main line, Mm. climbing Gordon's Hill, you know, there is mention of the 15-car train. That is a heavy train Mm. for... Two uh, small tank engines. Two very small tank engines. Mm. Uh, It's just this episode was one of my favourites as a kid. And it is still one of my favourites to this day. I have to give it the full 10 because... Oh, well done. So you're giving it a score of 500% in other words. I yeah. give it... I I wouldn't do that. It's 100% on my books. Okay, right. Okay. Uh, what do you mean, okay? Come on. What, what, what's your ranking? I, I gave it eight. Eight, yes. Did you not hear me? No, I was so, sort of focusing on being salty at M. Eight, okay. nine, eight, ten. Yeah. Yeah, was, I think that that this was the most liked episode between the four of us at the day. It was so, yeah. Yeah. the well, most well, consistent score by this point. Mm. Yeah, but uh, as I say, like Stepney was one of my favorite characters as a kid. He's still amazing. one of my favorite characters to this day. Yeah, I gotta say a quick remark to the color he's in. It's yellow, but it's actually called London Brighton South Coast Railway Improved Engine Green. (laughs) The funny thing is, the funny thing is, the person who decided that it was Improved Engine Green was proved to have colour blindness, and that is a very common colour to get confused for green. No, I love the mustard colour on Stepney, though. It looks great. It is gorgeous. Yeah, he's definitely a beautiful looking model in the show. And in real life. Yeah. I think he's been painted blue, uh, bluebell black again. He has. Yeah. He's back he, in his traditional bluebell colours. He was, colors. he was, 2012 I think it was, he was repainted to bluebell, bluebell black. That's correct. And he it's had a the, tongue twister in itself. Say that fast ten times. Parry, you're <laughs> typically the one that takes on the tongue twisters. No. Bluebell black. <laughs> Not okay, today. Okay, okay. Just, okay. just for you guys. Bluebell black, bluebell black, bluebell black, bluebell black, bluebell black, bluebell black. How many times? Uh, I don't ten, know, but I think, was, I think so you've you, done you, it. Yeah. You've, you've proved yourself fairly worthy there, but it is yes. a tongue twister because you did get twisted at the end. You yeah. said bluebell black. Bluebell black. Yes. Mm. Look, i got to say, it's been wonderful coming in and spending the, what is it, evening mm. 
I, our time, yeah. yeah. I get confused because rotating shift work, it, you it, just it, lose it, track it's of... It's morning, evening, both. afternoon, wherever people are listening. Mm. Exactly. It's been a wonderful time coming in and discussing some of my favourite episodes with you guys. And if you have any more Stepney ones, do let me know because I will be back. <laughs> well, you know. there is a story in the fifth season, so potentially... Yeah, yeah. Potentially. And, and, and he does make a glancing appearance, I think, in season 10. There's or... a couple of cameos in season six. Yeah. There's a and brief... Yeah, there's a brief shot of him in he, season he, seven. He, he, he speaks in Rosie's Funfair special. The okay. very last time we see him, too, I, I think. I know. Because yeah. it was a CGI face. So, on so the model. We'll, we'll, mm. we'll bring you along just for that five second clip there of him being hit with sugar. That's all right. We'll remove you from the studio. <laughs> but yes, this has been episode 29 of the Right on Track podcast. We're ever so close to our next milestone. I know. And what are we going to be reviewing in that episode song? In the 30th episode, we will be looking at Henry and the Elephant, Toad Stands By, and Bullseye. Sort of like the leftovers from previous seasons. Yeah, the dregs, the dregs. I mean, they're they're good stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're great stories, but it's just kind of weird how they've been plucked out of obscurity. Yeah, We'll, we'll, we'll make it an episode to remember, but if you want to reach out to us, you can uh, speak to us on Twitter at OnTrackThomas. Find us on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash right on track Thomas podcast, all one word. On Instagram, you can find us at TTT underscore right on track. Or if you want, you can uh, look at us on the SYN website, syn.org.au. Shoot us through an email, right on track Thomas at gmail.com. And we thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I've been Denim. I've been Parry. I've been Connor. M, is there anything you want to promote quickly? I listen to you guys on Spotify, so get on that. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. I, I prefer Omni.fm personally, but, you know, yeah. that's just me. Or all your other favourite streaming services. Google Podcasts, mm. iTunes. iTunes. We're everywhere. Taking off the world bit by bit. Adios, guys. See ya. Sayonara. Bluebells forever. Farewell.